đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to this week's episode of team cat home my radio today Happy Friday, guys. I was about to make a mistake on the day is. But happy happy Friday, everyone. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are staying safe. It's a, I should say, a long, long summer, as we should, as, as we should, should say. It's that there's a lot of things going on for the past, I should say, a couple weeks or a couple days or so. Um, it goes from the, gov- the government's failure of trying to negotiate on the debt ceiling and because right now we're almost because we're almost close to being screwed so hopefully the government do anything about it and so far the negotiations is uh, it's not as getting as I don't, I don't even know I don't even know what to say it's, it's annoying they haven't done anything so far so it's a point where I just gave up there's no point in me talking about it <clears throat> But there's no point. It's, it's not a reason for me not to talk about, it or not point for me to say something about it. <laughs> because not saying it just means that oh, just if it falls, it falls. We just have to deal with it. But the thing is, if we got the government deal with it, and we're all suffering, who's gonna give you something? Nothing. The basic we're being treated like absolute garbage. And we're gonna go straight into what we're gonna be talking about. Make sure to tune every Monday and Friday for our podcast. All right. So China failed to sway outcome of Canada's last two elections, top Ottawa official finds. <laughs> China sought to interfere in China's in Canada's last two elections, but failed to sway the outcomes. A top official reviewing allegations of vote meddling said Tuesday. David Johnston, who was tasked with the investigations after recent media reports of Chinese interference in the 2019-2021 ballots, including secret campaign donations, also ruled out a public inquiry into the, ma- into the matter demanded by the opposition. China denies these claims, like they always do. Foreign governments are undoubtedly un- attempting to interfere with candidates and voters in Canada, Johnston, who previously served as a governor general, told a news conference. He concluded, however, that those efforts did not change the outcomes of the votes. He said Canada's 2019-2021 election were well protected by sophisticated mechanisms. There is no basis to lack confidence in those results. Moreover, I have found no examples of ministers, the prime minister, or their offices knowingly or negligently failing to act on intelligence, Johnston said. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, minority liberal government, had faced increasing pressure to explain how it responded to allegations that Beijing sought to influence or subvert Canada's democratic process. The accusations included reported in local media and based on leaked intelligence documents, and unnamed sources included included secret campaign donations and Chinese operators working for ca- Canadians, candidates, or lawmakers in an attempt to to influence policies. <laughs> More recently, it emerged that Beijing sought to intimidate an opposition Canadian, Canadian lawmakers and its relatives in Hong Kong over its criticism of China, mo- mostly the Communist Party. Earlier this month, Ottawa expelled a Chinese diplomat implicated in that scheme. Beijing, which has called intimidation accusations groundless, Reacted by sending home a Canadian diplomat and warning Ottawa it was sabotaging relations with its second lar- largest trading partner. I know, seriously. Why are we still giving money to these guys? Why? Why are we still, why are we still trading with these guys when we know that they're they're already intruding on Canadian, on the Canadians' uh, election already, and they failed. They tried to intervene in district council. It failed. Taiwan failed. Some of those elections, some of those elections, it resulted in another person winning. So that's good. 
Of course, it never works anyway. Even if you sway them, it's not not a lot of people want, want to care about. It. I should say care, but I should say that they are not worried about what the government's doing because they just want to. They just they they already knew the war anyway, so they're not not they're not they're not fool. They're not a bunch of fools who don't believe anything. Johnston, in his interim report, after reviewing original source intelligence files and interviewing senior intelligence officials, rejected calls for a public inquiry to shed light on the accusations and bolster confidence in Canadian elections. A public review of classified intelligence simply cannot be done, he said. What do you mean? Instead, he said he would he would hold hearings over the summer and invite testimonies from targeted dis, uh, diaspora communities and various experts. All three opposition party leaders were unmoved by Johnston's findings and demanded open scrutiny. We remain res- resolute that a public a public inquiry is needed to restore confidence in our electoral system, said Jamit, Jamit Singh, leader of the small leftist factions that propped up Trudeau's liberals. Concerns about China's interference in G7 democracies were included in the bloc statements in Hiroshima last week. We will never, we will never tolerate foreign interference, Trudeau said Tuesday. He knows such intrusion is not new, and and does and doesn't just target our elections. It targets all aspects of society, our research institute, and universities, our business, and most commonly the diverse communities that enrich our country. And a preliminary. Um, findings, Johnston noted common foreign interference techniques, including cyber attacks, online influence campaigns, disinformation, and exploitations of human relationships. He also identified shortcomings in how intelligence is shared amongst officials, describing significant and unacceptable gaps in the machinery of governments. Johnston said, it is a real and growing threat, and more remains to be done to be done promptly to strengthen our capacity to detect, deter, and counter foreign interference in elections. Justin is scheduled to release a report in October. I don't know why they can't just do it now. Why do they need to wait for that long? I don't get it. But we'll see how it goes, right? Whatever the case may be, hopefully they'll try to do something about it. Lifestyle editor to head Hong Kong's foreign foreign press club after running a as sole candidate. A lifestyle editor who is not from a traditional news correspondent background, basically person who don't have a journalist back journalism background, has been elected as president of the Fo- Hong Kong Foreign Correspondents Club after he ran unopposed in the leadership race. Lee Williamson, who heads who currently heads Gen T, a platform under Lifestyle Magazine Tatler, was elected as effort. FCC's president with 31 votes from foreign correspondent members of the club. He will replace Keith Richburg, the outgoing head of the Hong Kong of the University of Hong Kong's journalism school, by the end by the end of this month. The foreign correspondent press club is an op- is open to foreign correspondents and locally based journalists. Doesn't matter if you're from Hong Kong or not, you can join in if you want. <clears throat> as well as those who are not employed in the media. It counts bankers, lawyers, and teachers amongst its members, according to its website. So it basically includes anybody from the professional sector. The outgoing president received 26 votes in the last elections. Richburg's predecessor, Jody Schneider, received 110 when she was first elected in 2019. Responding to an inquiry from Hong Kong Press, Williamson said on Wednesday that he had not run for president of the, F- of the FCC because he, want- because he wanted to run a bar and restaurant. It's right right there above the door. We are a foreign correspondence club. The FCC has an important role to play in contributing to plurality of Hong Kong's life, Williamson said. The president-elect said that he and the club will continue to speak up for press freedom in Hong Kong, adding that the press club has confirmed a new board policy on issuing statements. Richburg would be announcing the details of the new policy at the club's annual general meeting next Monday, he said. The FCC's, which have come under fire in recent years have not published a statement on Hong Kong's press freedom in more than eight months. Are you serious? Why are they not doing that then? That's what I want to know. This is something that no one even talked about at all. 
because la um, last year, the FCC canceled the Human Rights Press Awards after hosting it for 25 years, citing legal risk. Eight members of the club's Press Freedom Committee, which oversaw the awards, and one of the club's board members resigned in protest. Richburg later apologized to the awards judge, saying the club still has a role to play. The government also added a new national security clause to the club's lease. When it was when it was renewed last year, saying standard clause had been introduced to safeguard national security and to sufficiently protect the government's rights and interests. Interests in their own ways, where they actually where they actually don't work to anybody who are fighting for true democracy. Richburg said at the time that the lease renewal was a huge relief and that the national security clause did not seem problematic. Since we don't plan on violating national security or any other Hong Kong laws, that provision does not seem problematic, he said. Of course, if you expect them to believe what you do, it's just not going to help at all. They already knew what's going on. And, of course, many people are just afraid. Not because they are cowards or anything. They were also vague. They are so vague and the Wi-Fi just got cut. And the Wi-Fi just turned off. I don't know what in the world is going on. We're going to have to wait now. This is something that that truly fresh, basically put fears in every single Hong Kong. It's, it's basically, the law is so vague. No one knows what it is. So anybody, so any, if anybody knows what it is, they won't be safe. The law just it just passed, and then, and then even if you write down a hundred things in there, um, doesn't really, doesn't even really settle down the fears much on how it on how it will be used, and it's just felt like they're using it for anybody who are disagreeing with the government, even though. Hong Kong has a freedom of speech and their own freaking mini constitution, the basic law. So it really makes no sense for them to say, well, freedom of speech is being protected or press freedom is being protected. That's what John Lee said, saying there's no need to protect it. But at the same time, look at what happened to Apple Daily. Look what happened to Stan News. Look what happened to a bunch of uh, press freedom and stuff like that. Um, Mad Dog Daily, um, newspaper from a, mag a magazine and newspaper by Wong Yuk Man. Um, those have already shut down for quite a bit. And it's, it's, it's a big fear that every Hong Kong people already has. Hong Kong used to be, that's what I will quote, um, not exact, not exact quote, that's what Mike Pompeo said. He said Hong Kong used to be a prosperous, but now it's just another Chinese city that is basically ruled by the government, ruled by any government itself. And it's sad. The truth is it's sad. Hong Kong's not the way it used to be. It's now no longer the way we see it now. So, for those people who've been arrested for a number of years, they're, they're basically in there for God knows how long. That's the thing. We don't know how long they're going to be released. And for them to be in trial, we don't even know what they're going to be doing. And of course, uh, thank you to Abraham Sheck. This is not a news I'm going to be reading about. I'm just saying... He basically, he basically said God bless most of them. At least I want to thank you, um, Abraham said, like him for saying that. I want to thank him for saying that. I've never seen a probation person saying that before. You know, it's, it's, it's shocked to hear, um, Abraham said to say that. It's from a probation person, a pro establishment, an experienced, and I feel he's a little bit more vocal than what he used to. And they've been they've been locked up for a number for about a, a long time. They haven't been out yet, and it hurts. It hurts to see this happen to anyone. Anyway, we're gonna go back to what we're gonna be talking about. So this is what we see the fate of churches today. So fate of ch of the church in China, inseparable from that of the country, says Hong Kong's bishop as Tiananmen Ma uh, mass acts. The church in China will not adopt a mentality of colonialism, even though it made such a mistake historically. Hong Kong Catholic Bishop Stephen Chow, not the actor, said during Wednesday annual mass for the church in China. For the second consecutive year, the Catholic um, Diocese of Hong Kong announced on May 8th, on May 10th that it would not hold any mass commemorating the Tiananmen crackdown. It had previously been 
an annual tradition since 1989. The DOC then will not will not organize any mass uh, memorial mass for June, for June 4th as per last year. The mass for the church in China on May 25th will be related to our search for memories and hope. The DOC told Hong Kong Free Press on Thursday. On Thursday event, the team the bishop made no mentions of the crackdown. The bishop gave sermons in Chinese and English during Wednesday Mass. The fate of the church in China is inseparable from that of the country, as all the people of the church are also Chinese, he said in Chinese. He added that, despite different struggles, the church still managed to grow and develop in the mainland. China also prayed for mutual trust between Beijing and, Vatican, and the Vatican City, which have no formal diplomatic relationship since 1951. The bishop said he, ha- he hoped both sides could put aside presumptions, hypotheticals, and prejudice, as well as enhance mutual understanding and trust with empathy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's gonna go over well. You know how many people being persecuted, how many churches have been destroyed, how many bishops have been arrested? Hmm. I wonder if that gives well to those guys. The sermon in English version has a different focus with Chow mainly talking about missionaries in China before praying for unity within the church as it contributes to the welfare and the best interests of the country. How's this guy not mention anything about Tiananmen or anybody who di- any students that died during the freaking protests? Chow paid a five-day visit to Beijing between May 17th and 21 at the invitation of Beijing's, uh, Beijing's Arch- Archbishop Li Shan. The visit marks the first time a Hong Kong bishop visited mainland China since the handover to Hong Kong and of Hong Kong in 1997. Last month, Chow claimed that I look that love for our country is part of the Catholic Church teaching. In an article published by Sunday's Examiner, a publication run by the Hong Kong Catholic Diocese, Cardinal Joseph Zen, the former bishop of Hong Kong, also attended the mass on Wednesday. Zen has hosted the memorial mass for the Tiananmen crackdown on June 4th, 2021, when the diocese has held seven Masses for the dead. The Cardinal said at the time, We offer this memorial Mass to commemorate our brothers and sisters who sacrificed their life for our democracy and freedom 32 years ago on Tiananmen Square and the nearby streets. They demand a clean and honest government and strive for a truly strong nation. Uh, unfortunately, they had to leave this world this world labeled label as rioters. In 2021, when the church traditional candlelight vigils was banned by the police citing COVID-19 restrictions, churches were the only venue for commemoration. Zen was arrested alongside four democracy advocates last, advocates last May for alleged conspiracy to collude with foreign forces, DOSA announced. It added that it would not hold a memorial team in mass that year. As some frontline workers were concerned, it may violate the national security law. This is the biggest fear that we have already. I don't blame most of these guys for a f- for feeling what's going on because this law is so vague that they don't even like I said like I said already. It's so hard to even determine what is a violations or what is something against the law because they don't tell us. It's something that they hide from us all the time. It just makes it it makes it more difficult on us that it's we don't know what's going on we don't know what they're they're, they're trying to do you know they're not trying to they're not trying to tell us ain't they're not telling us anything you know so this is something about this is moving from this we will we'll go back to it afterwards Hong Kong's lifeguard shortage triggers partial pool closures as government as government pilots AI uh, drowning detector. Around 20 public swimming pools may only partially open this summer, while around 500, 500 licensed private pools will not open as scheduled this month, owing to a shortage of lifeguards, the Hong Kong Recreations and Sports Professionals General Union said at a Tuesday press conference. There are 45 public swimming pools and 1,371 licensed private pools in Hong Kong, according to the union. The Hong Kong's Recreation, uh, Rec- Recreation and Sports Professional General Union said that 20 pools had contacted, had contacted swimming training, has contacted swimming training institutions to warn that some of the facilities will not open for 
public use this summer. In response to Hong Kong Free Press inquiries, the Leisure and and Cultural Service Department said that 24 public swimming pools that have fully reopened and 17 have partially reopened, but it did not comment on the situation during the looming summer season when you realize it's burning high outside. It said that they have introduced different measures to tackle the lifeguard shortage, including increasing the salary of seasonal lifeguards and recruiting lifeguards on the two-year contracts. In recent years, the numbers of swimming pools and private development projects, hotels, and theme parks have continued to increase, leading to a growing demand for lifeguards in the market. In addition, public swimming pools and beaches are are temporarily closed for a long period of time due to the impact of the pandemic, resulting in suspension of drowning rescue training, course and exams, which um, training exam courses and exams, which have seriously affected the supply of qualified lifeguards, the, the spokesperson said. John Yu, the vice president of the Hong Kong Professional Swimming Instructors and Trainers General Union, said during the per, during the press briefing that during the during the three years of the pandemic, many lifeguards' life-saving qualification expire. There was no swimming pools partially open for the lifeguards to do their exams. You said that many lifeguards left the industry during the COVID-19 pan- uh, pool closures when they changed their careers and found a job that can sustain their living. Are there any incentives for them to go back? According to the paper submitted by the LCSD to the legislature, the LCSD needs to employ more than 600 seasonal lifeguards between April and May. As of May 1st, there were there were 240 lifeguards reporting for duty, including full-time seasonal lifeguards and contact and contracted full year lifeguards. There has been a consistent increase in both the numbers of applications received for life for seasonal lifeguards and the number of people employed. The LCSD said to tackle manpower shortage, the 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 Hong Kong Recreational and Sports Prof- Professional General Union suggested that the government could provide free life savings courses to encourage recruitments. There should be a life a long term plan to ensure the professionalism of the lifeguards in this industry. You said he added that the LCSD could provide on a job training including work quality control and activities management. Lifeguards could be provided with a path to become to become of become managers of swimming centers, he said. In response to the lifeguard shortage, LCSD's chief, Vincent Yu, told the legislature last Monday that they had they planned to test a new artificial intelligence or AI's drowning detection system at Gong Tong at Gong Tong swimming pool over the next few months. The system is designed to alert lifeguards and assess the possibilities of drowning. The Hong Kong and Kowloon Lifeguards Union said on their Facebook page that the AI system would only work after accidents happen. The lack of lifesavers was being ignored by the government. I don't think they... I don't know if they're going to actually find some kind of, you know, increase of changes or whatever. This is something that they usually do anyway. I don't know. If, this is something that COVID nineteen just hits them at, in the face. When you when you close down the whole entire city itself, and then you end up resulting in many people losing their jobs, it's because of it. So the question is, how are you going to increase the supply and demand? Well, not very supply and demand. How are you going to increase manpower when there's not a lot of people there? How are you going to do that? It's not possible. Well, it'd be possible if you had the right qualification, but the problem is that. How are you going to do it? It has to be implemented some way. It has to be planned in some way. You can't just be thrown in there thinking that it might work. But really, could you be thrown in there? You're just getting nothing out of it. There's nothing you, you know, Once that happens, there's nothing you can change. It makes it worse, and it makes it more harder for anybody to work. So I recommend there needs to be some kind of um, pl- plan or some kind of blueprint that they should do. You need to point that. They need to point that out, of course. And they—they're not doing anything. I don't know if they're doing anything about it. 
I'm just hoping they're doing something about it. You know, they need they need to point things out like that. I'm hoping lawmakers. I'm hoping that the only thing I want, the only thing we can't ask is the lawmakers to pass that. But who knows if they're gonna do anything about it? All they do is listen to what the government says and then just stay there. That's all they usually do. They hear what the government says and then they stick with it. They don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if they care at all. Anyway, I don't even know if they they mind it. Because at this point, I don't trust what the government says. And for them to say otherwise, it just makes it harder, you know. And the only thing I'm hoping for is the government can try to pull their head out of, out of, get their head out of the butt. And try, you know, to always say, hey, okay, let's fix the, let's fix the problem here. I see the problem, let's listen to what the, gen- the union says, and we'll, we'll see if we can prove it or try to fix it somehow. And that's the thing we want is to have it fixed and not fixing it and just say, well I think everything's good, I think everything's good. No. You look at the the problem, you follow up with it, and you basically walk with it. And see how it and basically see how it goes. That's how it that's how it should be. You know, that's what it should be like. I know people might not agree with that, but at least it'd be, it'd be some kind of compromise, you know, that I, I want it to be, you know. And this is, this is something that governments don't really focus on. Yeah, they, they do, they do have some changes anyway, you know, they would, they would find a ways to, but promise sometimes they would cut corners, and we don't know that. Anyway, Hong Kong expands criminal checks. To more visa schemes, including migrants, domestic workers, and students. Hong Kong will soon require students, domestic workers, and other groups applying for visas to the city to, the city to, to declare their criminal history. I don't even know how that even going to freaking work. That's not possible, in my own estimation. Oh my gosh, I don't know what they're doing anyway. The new requirements, will, which will come to, into effect from June 19th, will not affect those seeking visa extensions. It will not apply to domestic workers who are changing employers or renewing their contracts with the same employer, according to the government's press release published on Wednesday. Besides students and domestic workers, applicants for training and working holiday schemes, dependents and imported workers under the labor scheme, that hires for positions including in the hotel and construction sectors will have to declare their criminal history. The government said that the immigration department would continue to process applications that are received on or before June 18th as, as normal. The move marks a further extension, expansion of criminal checks requirements for visa applicants to Hong Kong after a controversial Chinese scientist who was jailed in 2019, said in, in February that he had been granted a visa under the city's new Top Talents Pass scheme. The scheme was introduced last year to, to allow high earners and recent graduates to obtain a two-year visa without first having secured a job offer. He Jinkui, who, who had told journalists that he had contacted Hong Kong universities and research organizations for opportunities, had illegally experimented on human embryos to create the world's first gene-edited babies. Hours after saying it would not comment on individual cases, authorities announced that his his her visas had been canceled. Days later, the government said it would introduce mandatory criminal checks for applicants of some of the city's town's attraction schemes. They included the general work visas, one, one that targets those in the tech industry and the emissions scheme for mainland Chinese professionals. Wednesday's announcement that domestic workers would soon be required to declare their criminal history is a turnaround from the government's clarification in February that their application would be would not be affected. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty sure it might it might cause damage, but we don't know yet. This is just a, they already announced it, and they already announced the, it to be new, so I don't really know what they're asking for, or what they're really doing. But who knows, maybe it might, maybe it might give something better to the city, who, who knows, right? I'm expecting them to use it as a way for persecution, in any way. 
it may think, well, you can't you just fear mongering. Think about how many proto box you looking for a job or something. Or working to serve the community and then they and then they use a hey, you have a criminal background. And they're like, no uh yeah, I, I was arrested for national security. Um, whatever the heck is called a stupid law that they do. And they say, Well, sorry we can't give you a job because you have that back because you have a criminal background. I'm like, what in the world it's basically what in the world are you you're talking about? You should at least allow us to get a job, for goodness sake. That's what they should be giving us. That's what they should be focusing on right now and not focus on anything else. So, Hong Kong Justice Secretary. What is this time? Hong Kong Justice Secretary refuse, refuses to say if morning Tiananmen crackdown is illegal, but points to security law. They always said that. They always said that. Secretary for Justice, Paul Lam, has said he would not answer hypothetical questions about the illegality of mourning victims of the 1989 TMA crackdown when asked by a reporter on Wednesday whether Hong Kong's can mourn their own initiative. He said that the public should maintain an awareness of obeying the law. We are obeying the laws. We're just doing a, mem- uh, a, a mourning. That's it. We're not actually doing anything bad, for goodness sake. So why is the government so afraid? What is it so afraid of? I want to know about that. <laughs> What are they so afraid of? Or we're not, we're not allowed to mourn them? Or was that, that, that what it is? Or we're not allowed to do it? What's, what's the law that goes against it? They keep saying, well, it's national security. <laughs> yes, I know national security, but how vague can you go? That's what I want to know. Why are you so vague on these kind of laws? And they're not even... They're not telling us what we should be passing. That's the only thing. I mean, they're not telling us anyway. So what is the? So what is really the big deal anyway? It it doesn't. They still do it anyway. So how can you stop them? You just don't. They still win either way, and they don't even care. They look at. They just. They just don't care what you say. I mean, you can say this, no, nah, they don't care. For them, it's what? Why would that matter? You know, from us, why would that? Why, why would that matter anyway? Problem with this is that if they didn't, if they didn't tell us, we would have been screwed by then. That's how. That's how. That's why it is. It would have been pretty bad if that happens. If they don't tell us what it is, what the law would be, and what is it used for, really. The remarks was, were made as Lam met the press after attending an entente and un, um, and, and chamber exchange session at the legislature. This They come as the city approaches the 34th anniversary of the crackdown next Sunday. I won't assess whether an act is definitely legal or illegal based on hypothetical questions, but I think I shall take this chance to reiterate some existing laws of Hong Kong, which the public should know. And I believe, I believe, I also believe, already know. Everyone already know what? Said Lamb, who pointed to the national security law. He added that under the national security law, people can't incite subversion of state power or split the country. There are four kinds of crimes under the national security law, which is very clear, and I believe that we all understand why there are limitations. Therefore, I urge the public to sustain an awareness of obeying the, of the law, no matter what activities they're involved in. For three decades, Hong Kongers have been holding cannon vigils at Causeway Bay's Victoria Park to commemorate the team and victims. However, the assembly has ban- ha- was banned in 2020 amidst the COVID-19 restrictions. There has been no ver- vigils for the past three years. Can you believe that? This year, two pro-Beijing organizations will host a hometown market carnivals in, a, in parts of Victoria Park from next Saturday until June 5th. The government has approved the event applications. Hong Kong one reported that while two f- football pitches and half of the two hectares lawn will be out of bounds through, throughout June owing to the government's maintenance project according to the Leisure and Cultural Service pro- Department. The Hong Kong Alliance to support Patriotic Democrat Movements of China, the o- original organizers of the rituals, Announced in September 2021 that it would be disbanded after seven members were arrested. Ex-Alliance leaders Lee Chut-Yun, Albert Ho, and Chan Dong 
have been charged under the security law for allegedly inciting subversion. A trial date has yet to be set. Ho was granted bail last August, but again, but uh, arrested again for allegedly perverting a course of justice. So of course, they already just tr- it's like it's like hey that's like they screwed themselves over. So for me, I'm not I'm not surprised that they're actually doing this anyway. Because if you tell me, well, are you surprised they're doing this? No, I'm not surprised. They're doing it because it's political. That's it. It's political. It's not really. It's not really made to be. Not. It's not made to be apolitical. It's made to be very political. Very catchy about what the government does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really surprised about what the government does, because they they're doing this just so you can't commemorate them anyway. I mean, you can commemorate. You can commemorate unless you want to be arrested. That's the only thing they would expect you to do. Oh, commemorate? Yeah, we'll arrest you anyway. So, so we will. We're gonna hopefully try to rush. I don't know. We, we can't rush this anyway. So, over eighty percent of Hong Kong construction workers oppose moves to import foreign labor to ease exchanges. Union survey. Over eighty percent of Hong Kong construction workers disagree. With moves to import to import foreign labor, according to a survey published by the by a union on Wednesday, its chairperson claimed that labor shortages is just an illusion. The government is considering setting a special program allowing the construction industry to hire foreign labor without approval of the Labor Advisory Board, a non-statutory body that advises the Commissioner for Labor on labor matters, according to Ming Pao and Hong Kong One last month. The Hong Kong Construction Industry Employees General Union conducted a survey between April 20th and May 3rd, interviewing 608 construction workers. The results showed that 81.3% of respondents disagree with moves to to import labor, while 76.8% thought that the policy would, would lead to local unemployment. The survey also found that 39.3% of respondents said they believed that there would be more accidents, while 70, 70.5% feared a drop in salary. Ho Ping the chairman of the Hong Kong and Kowloon Bamboo Scaffolding Workers Union, said, Maybe someone is, try- is creating an illusion of, la- of a labor shortage. If there was a reasonable salary, construction period, and working environment, how would it be difficult to employ staff? He said that expect that the expected construction period for finishing a floor of a building had been shortened from seven days to four. The construction periods are se- severely unrealistic, and employers treat staff as robots. If the construction periods are further shortened to two or, or three days, I believe that there would be would be a labor shortage, even if all the workers from the Greater Bay areas come to Hong Kong. Ho added that. The environment and construction sites were poor, and workers had to hold their breaths when they used the toilets. According to according to the Hong, Hong Kong group itself, to the to the union, there are more than more than six hundred thousand registered construction workers in the city, which holds said it was enough. Wang Ping, chair chairperson of the union of one of the uh, one of the unions. Also claimed that there was a lot of laborers who wanted to seek help from the union to find employment. After a three-tiered warning system to help protect workers from heat stroke, which introduced last Monday, the union said there was a low compliance with the warning system, which is not not legally binding. The warnings issued by the labor department had three tier: amber, red, and black, indicating three levels of heat stress and different rest arrangements for workers in severe cases, workers are recommended to down tools. For instance, when there is an amber warning, workers with a very heavy workload, like scaffolders, are recommended to take 45 minutes of rest after working for 15 minutes every hour. The amber warning was issued on three consecutive days last week, but Ho said that he did not know of any workers that were asked to rest. He had that employers or supervisors would say, you decide on your own, our construction will continue anyway. He said developers should allow the delay of the construction projects 
If there are heat strokes warnings, the unions urge the industry to improve health and safety measures for construction workers and boost salaries in order to tackle the labor shortage. It also suggested the government could stagger construction projects in an organized way to avoid too many developments beginning simultaneously. When approached by Hong Kong Press for statistics, the Development Bureau referred to an earlier press release which noted a February report by construction's manpower forecast of the construction industry claiming a shortage of 40,000 construction workers. I don't know what they're trying to, I don't know what the government's trying to do or what they're trying to, or what they're trying to suggest, but whatever the case may be, there, there needs to be some kind of plan, a plan, so that way anybody can actually, so that way anybody can actually able to know what's going on. Otherwise, there's no point of passing, there's no point of actually doing anyway. And we'll explain more after the break. Welcome back. Vocational courses under government subsidy scheme barred from targeting Hong Kong's leavers. Government subsidized vocational programs could face deregistration if they promote their if they promote their courses as being useful for immigrating Hong Kongers after lawmakers complain that such courses were being marketed to people moving to the UK. The rule will apply to courses under the government's continuing education fund scheme, which offers reimbursable courses in areas from language to IT to handyman skills. Addressing lawmakers at the Legislative Council meeting on Wednesday, Chief Secretary Eric Chen said that if course providers were found to have promoted courses as a means as a means to pave way for immigration or deviated from the CES objectives, authorities would order them to cease using using the relevant promotional materials. The course providers could also be a could be could be also could also be issued warning letters, or see their courses deregistered. Chanad, the move comes after lawmakers and the Public Accountants. Committee, which reviews the government's ex- expenditures, said in February that it appeared the promotional promotion of courses as a means a paving way for immigration ran count ran counter to the aim of the CEF. An audit commission commission report published last year found that one course providers used wording suggesting suggesting that the course would teach the skills needed for taking up electrician and plumbing jobs in the UK, in media report. Launched in 2002, the CEF aims to subsidize adults with learning aspirations to pursue continuing education and training with a view to facilitating Hong Kong's transition to a knowledge-based economy, having having regards to an increasingly globalized economy. The course course providers include Includes universities, community colleges, language centers, and other institutions. Amidst a changing political environment and strict rules during the COVID nineteen pandemic, Hong Kong has seen a increase, sharp increase in people leaving the city. While it has been difficult to measure to measure the extent of the exodus, there has been an uptick in student vacancies at schools and the withdrawal of pension funds. Chen also said that applications forms for new course registration and renewal and my freaking phone's about dead. And renewal under under the CSF, CEF will require course providers to declare that their courses will comply with the national security law. Everything is national security in their freaking mindset. Are there that I wanna I wanna know if the Hong Kong government are so paranoid about everything, national security, everything, they're always being under attack, which is always paranoid. Course providers will also be asked to strengthen guidance, supervision, and regulations on aspects such as CF as the CFF CEF course content, teaching materials, course delivery to avoid potential risk to national security. In February, lawmakers have also pressed for guidelines to be given to course providers on matters relating on matters relating to 
leading to the safeguard of national security. Since its passing of the national security law, university students union has disbanded and mandatory national security courses have been added to university syllabus. Why are you so... Here's the thing. I want to ask the government this. Is that why are you so concerned about national security? Are you that paranoid? If I was oppressed, I don't want to say that. But at the same time, what can you stop me from? Are you guys paranoid? EU urges China to push Russia to withdraw from Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, like that's going to do anything. European Union told China envoy on Thursday that it expected Beijing to help push Russia to stop the bloodshed in Ukraine and withdraw from the country. Senior EU foreign policy official Enrique Mora met, Chi- met China's Li Hui in Brussels on the latest leg of Beijing's special representatives for Eurasia's first European tour. Li has received coordinated messages from Kiev and its European backers that they want Beijing to use its influence, its influence over Moscow to end the war by withdrawing its invading army from Ukraine. Chinese on Chinese envoy will travel to Moscow on Friday, so we don't know how they're gonna go, right? During the talks, the EU welcomed Li's visit to Kiev last week, and a phone call from Chinese leader Xi Jinping to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. The two sides discussed Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine and the ways to promote a just and sustainable peace. In EU, an EU statement said, Morris highlighted that. Ukraine was exercising its rights to self-defense and that the European Union was committed to supporting Ukraine in the long term. The EU said it expected China, as a member of the UN Security Council, to work towards immediately and unconditionally withdrawing all forces and military equipment from the entire territory of Ukraine. Both sides agreed to remain in touch and to continue working toward a sustainable peace in Ukraine, the EU said. Russia's and China's have close relations, with Xi visiting Moscow in March, saying ties were entering the new a new era. While China says it is a neutral part on the Ukraine war, it has been criticized for refusing to condemn Moscow for the for the invasion. U- EU politicians have reacted to skepticism to a vague list of proposals published by Be- by China that Beijing says that says are aimed at help securing peace in Ukraine. Here's what I found problem was. You're trusting them is not a good idea. The Communist Party is the biggest, biggest, massive problem ever. So for us to actually ask them, hey, why don't you help us? It's just it's just very, very idiotic. At the same time, there needs to be some peace on some side. But at the same time, how are you gonna ask Russia to withdraw if the freaking Russian government, if the freaking Russian soldiers or or whoever it was? said, oh, let's just continue on when millions of their soldiers died already. Why stay? I don't get it. Why are you, why are you guys still fighting? Why are you guys, why are you guys are still fighting? I want to know. Why are you guys still fighting, though? There's no point of fighting. It's a waste of time. You should just withdraw or, or stop anyway. And that's what the thing I want to know. Why are we still why is this even happening anyway? This should be this should be stopped. This should be gone going away by then. And why? If you even if you ask the the Putin's government to withdraw, there's no way they're gonna care. They just don't care. They just ignore you whatsoever. Caught in the crossfire, China's diaspora bears brunt of Canada's Beijing tensions. The Chinese di- diaspora has been caught in the crossfire of Ottawa's role with Beijing over its alleged meddling in, ca- in Canada's affairs, both facing both intimidation from Chinese operatives and rising stigmatization. And uh, each new spat between their ancestral home and adoptive country, the latest being tit-for-tat expulsions of diplomats in May, brings additional stress to the com- for the community. Many people in the Toronto's historic Chinatown, where China's maple leaf symbol can be seen on Chinese language signs posted above busy stores and food marts, appeared uneasy to speak on the records about recent racism and threats. Allegations of harassment have been 
described by rights activists and and Canada's ethnic minority ethnic ethnic minorities and documented by NS Oh gosh, I can't even speak today. MSD International, there you go, in recent years. Some had accused Chinese undercover agents or proxies of intimidating Chinese Canadians by vowing retributions against their relatives back home. What they do is they use family ties to China or Hong Kong to threaten you, Chuck Guan, co-chair of the Toronto Association for Democracy in China, told AFP recently. Quan, clad in a black leather jacket, said this included, includes death threats, verbal intimidation, or something as simple as saying, we know where your parents live. That's scary, of course. Dinner Anwar, a Uyghur who fled persecution in China and moved to Canada in 2019, has experienced such calls for his hand for years, on an almost daily basis. I blocked phone numbers, but it doesn't change anything because they call all the time using other numbers, said a woman who now lives in Montreal, which we will not disclose the name. Sometimes I ask to come to the, I, I'm asked to come to the embassy. Sometimes it's an automated message, she explained. I'm very worried because I haven't heard from my family in six years. Ottawa and Beijing has been a lot has been at loggerheads since 2018, when a when a Huawei executive was arrested on on a on a U.S. warrant in Vancouver, and two Canadian nationals were detained in China in apparent retaliation. Then there was a COVID-19 pandemic, Chinese spy balloons over North America, clandestine. Chinese police stations discovered in Canadian cities and allegations of Beijing interference in Canada's elections. Canada's Chinese immigrants and their descendants often endure extra scrutiny amidst such controversies. We always be de- deemed to be from China, even though many of us have no connections with China, Lamont Amy Go, Lamont Amy Go, co-founder of the Chinese Canadian National Council for Social Justice. In the past, we live in fear. Several dozen Chinese Chinese Canadian Association wrote in an open letter recalling discrimination faced by early Chinese my immigrants to North America. Today, let's not let it happen again. In recent years, the social pressure exerted on members of our community is such such that it is difficult to remain insensitive to it. They continue pointing to diplomatic tensions that are not that are now having a direct impact on our community. The first immigrants from China settled in Canada more than 200 years ago. Several waves followed, notably at the end of the 19th century, to help build Canada's transcontinental, Canada's transcontinental, continental railway. The Canadian Pacific Railroad united a, a nascent country, but at severe cost, hundreds of Chinese workers died from accidents, cold weather, illness, and malnutrition. Today, nearly 1.7 million Canadians, almost 5% of the populations, trace their roots to China, since this figures show. There is an urgent need for Ottawa to act to stem the, the recent rise in racism, many members of the community believe. It is also important that the government ensure that Canadians, but also newcomers, are not interviewed by Chinese agents or potentially exposed to risk or threats from foreign countries, said Goal. Ottawa has been gripped of late by um, revelation that a Canadian MP, Michael Chung, and his his relatives in Hong Kong were targeted by Beijing for sanctions over his strong criticism of the Communist Party. On Tuesday, a top Canadian official who also concluded that China sought to interfere in in Canada's 2019-2021 elections. Beijing has rejected both accusations as groundless, slander, and defamation, and warned Ottawa's against seeking to sabotage relations with its largest second with its second largest train partner. Meanwhile, intimidations like that faced by Anwar, the Uyghur woman in Montreal, might be more extensive than realized, the Toronto Association Quan said. This sort of behavior by China is the only tip of the iceberg, he suggested. We don't see ninety percent of the iceberg. This is something that many people Many people in the activist in the community of many Chinese diaspora, they have to they have to face this every single time this happens. This is something that it it becomes much more fearful, as we should say. Very very scary and very fearful. All right, one final report for today: Hong Kong man jailed for five years and eight months over bomb plots. Three others sent to a train center. 
A Hong Kong man has been jailed for five years and eight months over plans to place bombs at courthouses and public infrastructures. His three co-defendants, aged under 21, were sent to train centers, where they can be detained for up to three years. High court, High court judge, High court judge Ag Slee on Friday sentenced four people who pled guilty to conspiracy to cause explosion likely to endanger life or property. The case involved a total of seven defendants, some of whom, some of whom were members of the self-proclaimed revolutionary group Returning Valent. The defendants, ages between 17 and 21, were charged with one count of conspiracy to commit terrorist terrorist activities. Under the Beijing imposed national security law, they were said to have planned to bomb, to manufacture bombs and place them at government facilities, including ministries and police stations, between April and July 2021. All four has earlier pled guilty to an alternative charge under the crime ordinance, which is punishable up by up to 20 years of imprisonment. In his judgment on Friday, Lee said the offense was very serious and it was aggravated. By the fact that it took place against the backdrop of the social unrest in Hong Kong, the defense intended to destabilize the community. He said, "And the plot would have caused the situation in Hong Kong to descend from bad to worse had it succeeded. The plan, if it succeeded, would seriously undermine the dignity of the judiciary and the symbol of the rule of law." The judge said. Lee. Adopted eight and a half years of imprisonment as a sentencing starting point for 21-year-old Alexandra All, whom he described as being more culpable, as All has had helped rent a room where the defendants discussed the bomb plots. And in his mitigation plea, All's representative told the court that the defendants had committed the offense because he misunderstood the situation in society. His client was not a deep-rooted bad guy, lawyer said. I all felt um, felt lucky that the bomb plots did not come to fruition. It is not per luck, pure luck. I think it is a good work of the police investigation. The judge responded. All was eventually sent behind bars for five years and eight months, and the court gave his him a one third sentence reductions for playing guilty. The court imposed the court imposed a train center order on twenty year old Su Wing Ching. And two minors, surnamed Chan and Law, respectively. Lee said that Lee said they had played a secondary role in the conspiracy as foot soldiers and should not receive a punitive sentence. Their periods of detention, which range from six months to three years, which uh, would be decided by the correction chief based on their conduct. Due to mediation, Chan's lawyer said the mastermind in the case would uh, had uh, compartmentalized the plot. And other members did not really know the whole picture. The representative of law, on the other hand, said his client was remorseful. A training center order is neither too lenient or too harsh for these defendants, Lee said. The mastermind of the case, Ho Yuming, Ho Yuang, who pleaded guilty to the terrorism charge, and another defendant, Guang Manhei, applied to adjourn their sentencing. They will return to court on September 27th. Kwok, 20, 20 years old, was amongst five members of the return valent who was sentenced who was sentenced to a training center last October for conspiring to incite subversion over calls for an armed uprising. The youngest was aged just 15, 15 at the time of their arrest. The punishment marked the first time minors were sentenced under the sweeping security legislation. Lee told Kwok's representative on Friday that the defense may consider may consider applying for bail if her sentence would not be would not be dealt with in a short period of time. But I'm not making promises. I hope the the prosecution would take a sensible stance, the judge said. The current case involved another defendant, Chung Hardlow, who was twenty four at the time of his arrest. He has entered he he has not entered his plea. This is something that um I don't claim to be good. I feel like um I feel like in my own estimation, is that we shouldn't use violence. We shouldn't use any kind of crazy things that happen, you know. I don't think it's a good idea to use violence or use any bomb or anything like that. I feel like there's no point of doing that. I feel like we need to be peaceful and much more and much and much more using our voices to actually express itself instead of using weapons or bombings or anything. This is something that the pro-democracy camp have always been using. 
there's it's not a good idea to use violence or use any weapons or any way. I feel like we should not do that. It's better safe than sorry, in honesty. So, this is something that we don't want to happen. And I can guarantee you we, we need to be very careful what you do. But at the same time, we should understand that we're living in a system where it pushes us to the brink. That makes us do this, even though we don't want to. And I'm hoping that everybody can achieve what they can achieve. So, what do you guys think? You, you think it should happen or should not happen? Well, thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our breakup podcast. Of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on for a couple, in about a week or so for anybody who's going to summer classes. And that's it for, t- and that's it for today, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal My Radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. At host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. At host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.